Thank you for tuning into the Monocle Dynasty Podcast, where we keep an eye on Dynasty football. Your hosts, Crescent and John, dive deep on players, rankings, strategies, and much more. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Monocle Dynasty. And now, here's your host. Welcome back to the Monocle, where we keep an eye on Dynasty football. Tonight, I have a special guest. I wanted to do a trade strategy podcast and, uh, you know, basically go over every type of strategy you could possibly think of. Um, I consider myself pretty good at trading, but maybe not a, a total expert. Um, but, you know, I guess I would call myself an expert, but I'm not an addict. But I wanted to bring on a trade addict. And so <laughs> I, I went ahead and did that, and I got Dynasty Outhouse from the Trade Addicts pod. He is uh, he definitely knows what he's doing when it comes to that kind of thing. Uh, so I wanted to bring him on. How are you doing tonight, Russ? I am excellent. Thank you for having me on. And always call yourself an expert, even if it's not true. It just makes you feel better. And that's all that really matters. <laughs> I feel like actually when I'm evaluating other people's trades, I feel like I'm absolutely an expert and I can literally just go trade by trade, like player by player and say, that's who you need to trade. Do that. When I look at my own team, I no longer feel like an expert. Right? That's man. That's I, life, I start- right? You could always help <laughs> other people with their problems more than you can your own. So, hey man, it's fitting. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I, I, I struggle with that for sure. But yeah, when somebody else sends it out, you know, I, I, people slide in the DMs all the time and it's so easy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. So obviously, like we're getting very close to the season started. I kind of wanted to do this a few weeks ago, which uh, might have been a little bit better time wise. But, you know, scheduling and, and all that kind of good stuff uh, it doesn't always work out. So, you know, at least we're here now. We can uh, get right into it. Uh, I guess the, the first question would be, you know, what are some of the basic strategies or philosophies that you have when trading? Uh, you know, is there anything that you just absolutely have to do or, or have to consider in every trade? Or is it just every trade's different and you're just well, looking to trade, do whatever? Every trade is absolutely different, but there's a few things that you always want to keep in mind. Know who you're dealing with. So, I mean, Brian Har, my co-host on Trade Addicts, always says it's all about relationships. And that goes in a few different directions because there definitely are some people that just don't want to talk. They just want to send out an offer, get a counter and, or just reject it. And if it's rejected, then that's the end of it. And that's completely fine. If that's how you do business, I am absolutely a talker uh, as you will find out as you listen to this podcast. Uh, You know, I, (laughs) I am absolutely one of those, Hey, you know, looking to sell this guy, I'll send out a couple of off couple of offers. Let me know. Or, Hey man, I want to get this, give me this guy. Like that's my, my, one of my favorite things to do is literally just, Hey, give me DK Metcalf. What do you want to give me? I don't care. Just give me DK Metcalf. And that's how we get <laughs> trade started. And usually it ends up working sooner or later. I mean, mostly because I have the, I'll call it a problem of being a little too honest where I don't do that smooth thing of, you know, putting a, an offer out for an expensive guy and then saying, Oh, but okay. How about instead of that guy, give me DK Metcalf. You know, I don't really need Michael Thomas. Okay. Like I'm not that smooth. I really just like, just give me the guy I want. That's fine. Uh, really, it comes down to just open communication, letting people know, you know, how you're feeling, what you want, what you're looking for, um, willing to not win the trade and I have my sarcastic tone and air quotes in case you couldn't tell by my sarcastic tone. Uh, eh, just, you know, as long as you're happy with it, that's all that matters. And who gives a crap? I, I say who gives a crap what Twitter, Twitter thinks, but, you know, I kind of started my trade addicts leagues where every single trade was posted as a twitter poll so i guess that's a little off brand but it's it was never because okay yeah it's because i like seeing that i won things but that's not really (laughs) what it was about i mean it was just because it was fun to do Uh, so it's really just yeah have fun if you want a guy go get a guy 
Um, try and not lose too much value if you're going to, but if you think what you're going to do in the long run is better for you, risk is a little fun every once in a while. Yeah, that's definitely been one of the things that I've learned over time is, is, you know, like there's nothing wrong with the overpays as long as you're not like ruining your team by doing it. You know, when, um, when you're going out and getting your guy, you know, we've talked about it before on, on different podcasts, but like it's fun when you have your players that you mm -hmm. want to root for on your team. And so, you know, you, you go get that guy and yeah, like sometimes you just, you just have to overpay for him. But you know, in the grand scheme of things, if you send an extra second or whatever it is, it's not going to ruin your team. Now, if you go out and spend three extra firsts or something, that's a little different. You know? Yeah, slow your roll on that one. But, yeah, I mean, the truth of it all is don't be afraid of making a bad trade because the only way to fix a bad trade is to do another one and try and make up for it. So no one trade, okay, maybe sending three extra firsts is, may ruin your team a little bit, but, like, no trade is really <laughs> going to ruin your team all that much. You can always fix everything you do. So just go have fun. That, everything boils down to two things, having fun and not being a dick. So as long as you follow those two things, then you'll do well enough. So I know how I end up uh, reacting when I get these kind of offers and stuff or, or reactions. Uh, but when you get a trade or when you send a trade offer and it just gets like an instant decline, no counter, no response. Uh, do you get angry? Do you send another offer? Do you, uh, do you slide into the DMs? Do you do anything or do you just leave it and move on to the next one? Again, all, all depends on who you're dealing with and what you're doing it for. I mean, I send out, like, I'll get bored and not feel like, because I work from home now, which is wonderful. I guess even when I do, I sit in, a, in front of a computer all day. Let's put it that way. <laughs> you know, I have a stupid accounts receivable job where I, I kept this job because it pays well enough and because I have enough free time where I could sit and do fantasy football stuff during the day. So I will, on a day I don't feel like working or a day where I have a light workload, will literally just go to every single league and make sure I send at least one trade. If it's one of those days and someone just cold rejects me, that's fine. I, I wasn't really trying for anything. I was just going and I was just sending trade offers out. If I want something either for my team where I think it's necessary for me to compete or if it's a player I really want to go get, and then I'll follow up. If I know it's the kind of person that doesn't like talking, I'll just send another I'll just send another offer out. You want to be careful with that because you don't want to bid against yourself too much because people will learn that. And they'll just keep rejecting and you'll keep upping your offer and upping your offer, which I've absolutely <laughs> gotten myself trapped into. Just again, trading while bored is dangerous if you don't really pay attention to what you're doing. Uh, but it, that's really, everything is super individual to the thing at hand. Uh, people say it's smart not to show your cards what you're trying to do. But if you're not dealing with a group of jerks, then it doesn't really matter. Like I said at the beginning of this, I'm super honest when it comes to everything. Like if I get a trade like i send out a trade and i get a rejection and they put in the notes no nah, i'm not looking to get that guy or no nah, it doesn't really work for me i'll respond and be like look i'm trying to get a couple of shares of antonio gandy golden what will it take to get him off of you and sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't but you know it's always worth a shot yeah definitely on the opposite end of that you know what what do you do when uh, somebody just sends you like the absolute garbage offer you know are you the just decline it and just move on or you know like the like go ruin his life on twitter well not twitter well sometimes twitter depends who it is like every <laughs> once in a while when brian does it to me like, like co-hosts and people i'm very close with and people i know that can take it well i will absolutely do that too but that's different like recently i got uh in a super flex league someone offered me Kenyon drake for lamar jackson oh, i literally man. just typed the word what and hit, re hit reject <laughs> what I, i've said many times 
before recording and while recording that it's all about fun. So it really doesn't make sense to get angry at, at stuff. Like, I'll get, I'll get confused and get like, what, wh why? Tell me why. What, what does that make sense? But never actually getting angry about it. Every once in a while, I'll do the uh, counter offer for Kenyon Drake for the last player on my, uh, like on my, on my roster, you know, just to like show like really, no, dude, come on, man. But I'm trying to think if there's anything like awful I've done. I've absolutely gone into, because every league has a group chat, at least for me. Uh, that's half the point of playing in leagues is talking to the people that you're in the leagues with. And I know not everyone would like to have to trade out on blast, but I would absolutely be like, yo, John, what the hell was that offer, man? That was awful. And then everyone starts egging on. And I, I still like, I know like, Brian is super unhappy if you put your trade negotiations out in public. So I won't say what it is, no matter how much anyone eggs, but I will absolutely let everyone know that he sent me some trash because the real funny part is, because again, none of it's serious. I sent awful, awful trade offers. And I am the first to admit it that A, sometimes I'm just not paying attention and I just click the wrong buttons, which has worked against me a couple of times. Um, or just, I don't know what the hell I was thinking at the time. Like, uh, I, I sent a trade to Eitan Mosier recently uh, in a league and cool. I'm just like, yeah, I'm going to go get me some Cortland Sutton and I forgot who else it was, but I really just, oh, and Hollywood Brown. Like, I'm going to go get me these shares. Then he rejects it. And I look at, I get the rejection email and I always look to see if they leave a comment, but he didn't. And I just looked at it. I'm like, what was I thinking? That was terrible. Like, no, yes, I, you rejected that. Good for you. And then I even DM to him like, yo, I don't know what I was thinking. My bad. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I've, maybe not to that extent, but I've done very similar things where, you know, I send a trade at night, maybe I had a couple of drinks or whatever, oh, and then you know, wake up in the morning. Trading. Yeah. <laughs> no, the, the best thing is when, uh, when you drunk trade after like one of our happy hours or something like that, and then you wake up the next morning, you're like, how did I get Joe Mixon last night? <laughs> I don't don't, even know. Just don't look because it could be awful, but just be happy you got Joe Mixon on your team. There you go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I obviously like we know, you know, you, you guys on the trade Dax pod, you call it uh, you don't call it the off season. You call it the non point scoring season. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, are, are they, uh, you know, you're not generally worrying about your lineups or anything when you're drafting, if you're doing a startup, you know, or during your rookie drafts or, or anything like that of, of that nature. Um, when do you, I know once again, we wanted to do this, uh, this podcast a few weeks ago, but, but when do you generally start focusing on like your actual starting lineup and, and, you know, like actually worrying about that, making some moves, making some trades, you know, waiver, whatever you got to do. Sadly, it probably was exactly the two weeks ago when we were going to start, when we were going to try to record this for the first time, my bad for the weird time that my schedule was busy. Uh, I'll pretend that it was doing very fancy, awesome things, but I probably just had to watch my kids the entire day. Uh, I mean, usually like once the preseason starts, like once you hit like week two or three, so maybe like three weeks out from the season is really when you, re you always want to be evaluating your roster, but you don't, to make moves for specific positions, I know this is going to just completely, I'm trying not to encroach on a future question, um, but like three weeks, three weeks before the season, uh, at that point, the chance for injury is just as much in a preseason game that it is in a game during the season. So you might get screwed. You might not, but it's like, that's usually when you draft your redraft leagues, because you always want it to be the week before the season, but man, no one's free the week. No one's like 
Labor Day, Memorial Day, whatever the whole of these holidays are right now. Like no one's free those weekends. So it always gets pushed back and pushed back. Two years ago, I think I did a redraft league the first week of August. Like someone's getting hurt in, in that yeah. area. Yeah, I mean, you have a, a solid month to six weeks and something bad's going to happen. And you, there's nothing you, you can't really, you'll never avoid it. But to me, worrying about your lineup, even in July, is just silly because so much can happen to anybody on anybody's team that it's just, why set yourself up for that kind of disappointment? <laughs> no, I get it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, how, like, how crazy or, or how risky are you willing to go or do you just not even consider it at all as far as, like, lineups and stuff? Like, if someone sent you – CMC for both of your starting quarterbacks in a super flex league, you know, and, and you're like, well, this is great value. Uh, or, you know, maybe they sent you CMC in like a low, uh, you know, whatever it is. It, it seems like it's good yeah, value, you're saying. but you're, yeah. But you know, just like how risky will you go? Just, will you completely, you know, just say like, no, I'm, I'm all value. Or are you looking for like, okay, I don't want to get rid of both of my quarterbacks at that point. Well, that's a good question. I'm, I'm now I'm sad. I've never gotten that kind of offer. <laughs> um, I'm curious what I would do. Um, in my head, it <laughs> does I wanna, seem like a crazy situation, right? <laughs> like in my head, I would want to say it's pure based on value. Like if it's one of the trade addicts leagues, I probably would take it based on value. Cause I know at some point before the season starting, I could make more trades. If it's a slower league, I'd be worried about it. It's not the positional scarcity is the wrong word. Cause that's usually at a larger scale, but it's not. It's not, it's not worrying about my starting lineup. It's just that if you do stuff like that, like if you're that much about just gaining value on your team, which man, kudos to you for having the chutzpah for that. Um, you need to be sure that you can somehow get your way back to what your starting lineup needs to be. Yeah, I've definitely never done the, the double quarterback trade before. I don't know if I would have that, uh, that chutzpah, as you said, but I, I did do, uh, in a Superflex, I, I did send over uh, Ryan Tannehill this year for the 106, and then I, I was just holding out hope that I could get J.K. Dobbins, and J.K. Uh, popped up at 106, and I was like, thank God. <laughs> it was so beautiful. Love that guy. He's my favorite running back coming in this year. I know he's not the best. I will admit that right away, but Dobbins is my favorite, even, easily my favorite. I don't even know if I, I don't even know if I would go as far to say he's not the best. I mean, we don't know. We, we don't know. We didn't see any combine. We didn't see anything. All we know is he's a stud. He's in a great situation and he very well may be like bigger, faster, or maybe not bigger, but like faster and stronger than Saquon. <laughs> if you go back to his like spark score days, like he, he had a, uh, you know, he had a, a stronger, um, uh, vertical i mean and you know that's that's huge for running backs so we don't really know but it's yeah. kind of crazy well he wasn't scouted as the best let's put it that way that is, true. That is very true all right but yeah the as the season went along you know we obviously started out with uh jt and ch and all that and then jk just kind of started creeping up my ranks creeping up my ranks and next thing you knew like I, I had him at one so i i love jk he's my he's my boy but getting him at 106 and you know, like, yeah, you don't, you don't ever want to trade away or you don't, you don't want to like go out of your way to trade away quarterbacks in uh, Superflex league. But I feel like getting a uh, trade in Tannehill as my third quarterback for JK. I was pretty happy with that. Who will be your running back one soon. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually on that team, I don't know that that team. Is okay. Well, if you have like Zeke or Saquon, maybe he'll still be your two, but <laughs> I have Zeke Mixon, uh, Henry. Oh, wow. 
Do you trade uh, some running backs, man? <laughs> I'm trying to in that league. I've, I've literally sent out so many offers and, and uh, you know, just everything I get. Somebody sent me a trade for, uh, uh, you know, now I got to look it up because it, it, I couldn't believe it. Well, in a week and a half, that'll well, change. Uh, it's really uh, running backs are tough to trade until points start getting put on the board. Yeah, but this one, it was for CEH because I also drafted CEH in that league. Oh, um, dude. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Can you start eight running backs? Uh, four. I can start four. <laughs> so I, all right. So in that league, my running backs are Elliot Mixon, Ch Henry, um, Fournette, Dobbins, McKinnon, Mostert, and I think that's it. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, not that that's it, but so the the trade that I received. Would I know the person? Can I laugh at them? No, no, no. This can we laugh at them anyway? I don't care. This was in a home league, but we can absolutely laugh at them. They won't listen to this anyway. Um, <laughs> and they. <laughs> uh, oh, here it is. Okay. It was CEH for Brashad Perriman. Oh, boy. Paris Campbell. Oh, boy. And a 2021 second. Oh, boy. <laughs> and so I, I honestly, you know, like I said, it's the home league. We all know each other. We've all, you know, been friends for a while and everything. And so I really thought he was just trolling me because I put it out there like, hey, CH is on the block if you guys want it. Just to or see what you can like get, that. yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, especially like you said, I, I have so many running backs, like trade one of them for, for something. Mm-hmm. And so I, I put it out there and he immediately sent me an offer. And I was like, cool. And I checked out the offer. That was it. And so I thought he was trolling me. So I sent him back uh, Kahale Waring for the same exact offer, <laughs> you know, just like, just trolling. And then he came back and he actually DM'd me and he's like, Hey man, uh, you know, like, I really think that was a good offer. And I think he was being serious. Like he, he didn't seem like he was trolling me. And I was just like, I, I don't know what to think. And then two days later, uh, he sent the same exact offer to somebody else for Mark Ingram and, <laughs> and that trade got done. So it's like, Oh well, yeah. I would tell Ingram for that for sure. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, that. that's not the same thing. I, yeah. I don't know how you, uh, I, I don't know how you can consider like, if you're just saying one, they're both running backs now, I guess it's the same thing, but that's about it. That's where the, the simul- similarities end, you know? <laughs> one of them wears number 21. The other one is 21. I see it. I get it. I, I don't know if CH is actually, I, I'm sure he's older, but still it was, it worked for the joke. Yeah, it did. It, it worked. You, sh- you should have <laughs> just ran with it. <laughs> I don't even remember what we were talking about now. Oh, we were talking about non-point scoring season. So, um, yeah, basically just, you know, or, or I guess, the, you know, you already kind of answered the question, but is, is there any risk that's too far or anything like that? Are you are you willing to go without a single starting wide receiver or anything to that effect? Well, I mean, look at it this way. If you know you have a league that's willing to make moves, then if you can, I mean, let's let's flip this around. Let's say you sent, let's say, I'm trying to think of how to word this so it actually makes sense. But let's say that for some reason you would have accepted that CEH trade. Like you sent it like, hey, I want to get rid of CEH. How about you just give me Paraman, Campbell, and a second. And let's pretend they were decent wide receivers and they were his two starters. Like would it make sense for you to just accept that and see what you can flip CEH for? Because, I mean, you could walk away. I mean, I'll shout my boys out like Calvin Ridley and – I mean, maybe Miles Sanders is a little too much, but probably not, right? Like, with the CEH insanity that's going on right now, and now yep. that Sanders fell back down to, like, RB13-ish, where 
that's what he should have been in the first place. Uh, it's like, so that just, why not? It, it makes sense. It's worth the risk that that much of a value gap. If we're talking like, I mean, I'm going to make up numbers like a 5% value difference, like then, okay, whatever, just be happy with what you got or not. It doesn't matter. But if there's like a sizable value gap, like if I'm trading Ryan Tannehill and Josh Allen for Christian McCaffrey, I'm absolutely taking that because I know I can at least flip Christian McCaffrey for Deshaun Watson plus. And even if it's only one quarterback, I can find a way to turn Deshaun Watson into better than Josh Allen and Ryan Tannehill. Plus, I got that little plus on top of Watson in the first place. Again, very league dependent. Like home leagues, you probably don't want to try that in because most home (laughs) leagues are not super active. But when you're in a league called trade addicts, that's when it's worth the risk. Don't do it in expensive yeah. leagues either. I don't. I want no part of people listening to me that are in expensive leagues. Let me just put that out there. Like my, <laughs> you have a my, thousand my, dollar buy-in. <laughs> oh yeah, God no, no. My most expensive league is well, my two redraft leagues are annoyingly my most expensive leagues. But dynasty, my most expensive league is fifty dollars, and that's completely on purpose because oh, wow. a I play for volume as opposed to you know the volume of money. I mean, I just because I'm in way too many leagues to pay for expensive leagues, but also because I I like trading. I like having fun, and I don't want to be scared of doing stuff. Like I don't want it to mean that much. No, that makes perfect sense, and that kind of brings us to the next question. You know, like if you were talking about if you're in the right league, if you're in a trade mm-hmm. axe league, if you know not a home league, that kind of thing. But let's say you know, somebody's in a home league, like I said, I can't even make a trade in, in my home league. And I have all those running backs and everyone's just like, no, don't want them. Don't want them. It's like, really? You don't want running backs? <laughs> yeah. Pretty sure those guys are pretty important. And I have like 18 of them, <laughs> you know, but uh, you know, if you're in like a dormant league, do you have any kind of strategies to, and actually I, I know one of your strategies, if you can't think of it off the top of your head, but uh, yeah. do, do you have any kind of strategies to like, you know, energize the league or anything like that? Um, well, I will say one thing, which isn't necessarily the question, but if you're a commissioner worrying about this, there is zero way for you to force activity. It will backfire every time that you try. I've tried trust me. That's when I started the trade addicts leagues. And I'm like, look, only join this. If you look, if, this is what you're looking for. If you just want a cheap league where you're going to get ridiculous amounts of trades offers from me most, and hopefully other people as well, then, then let's go do this. Uh, most leagues not like that, but you, you legitimately cannot force trades. There's no way that works. But if you do have a dead league, there's one thing you could do. Well, there's a couple of things you could do. First of all, send offers and do it often. If that doesn't work, be willing to take the L on a, on, a, on a trade, like a decent L. Go get your guy and overpay for him. So when other people say, oh, you know, he's not only going to trade if he wins by this much, and that might start triggering stuff. Once people see one move, they'll get a little jealous and want to start going, especially when they see it's lopsided. Because nothing gets more action than, oh, I would have paid more for that. Or, man, he got all of that. Let me see what I can get for this guy. So just, again, willing to take that little bit of an L. But know that you're not screwing your team over and go get – that's when – like you said, go get your guy, like, you know, make it someone you want and overpay a little. And that's fine. Um, also, you can be the kind of guy who puts a guy up for auction in, you know, again, quotes. Uh, it may backfire uh, recently in one of my leagues. Someone said, I'm selling Philip Lindsay by the end of the weekend. This was last weekend. Best offer. I'm going to accept it. And the offer was Philip Lindsay for Antonio Brown and Hunter Renfro. <laughs> that did not work out well for him. 
but he wanted Lindsay off his team because the dude's rebuilding. He has his own first, so he wants his team to be bad. He didn't want Philip Lindsay's points. Well, right. he got no points in return, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, but like that's a like he got four or five offers. So unfortunately, they were mostly bad. But usually, it doesn't work out that poorly. Let me just put that out there. Uh, if you want to be safer about it, give uh, like an eBay auctions. They have reserves. Be like, all right, I'm going to put it into a, cal- a, a trade calculator and it needs to be within like this percentage of a difference just so you don't like just gets completely screwed over. If, yeah, like, it's just, even if it's by accident, people don't know it's wrong or they're just trying to be jerks, which don't get me wrong. I, I sent a horrible lowball offer for Lindsay just in case no one else did. Why not, right? <laughs> um, I'm trying to think if there's... I mean, those are the main ones. Send a bunch of offers, put someone out on the block and just say, this is going to happen whether you like it or not. And hopefully people send stuff out. Did, did I mention yes. the one that you knew? No, actually, uh, I was going to say, uh, you know, the one, it's probably a, a lot more risky than most people are, are willing to do. But, you know, putting, putting it out on oh, Twitter. No. <laughs> <laughs> putting it out on Twitter and, and just saying, oh, you know, if it, yeah. if it gets accepted on Twitter, it gets accepted in, you know, in my league. That, and and, everything. That, was and that is scary. Oh, that, is, that has got to be the scariest thing. I don't know if I could ever do it. I, I really don't. But I know oh, you did it. And I've I actually it. heard a couple other people that have done yes. it, you know, since then. A couple and of my so, buddies have done it. And a couple of random people I didn't know started tagging me and stuff saying, I'm doing the out. Like, my friends are calling it the outhouse challenge, um, which like sounds it. very different <laughs> when you say it out of context. <laughs> yeah, that's, like, that's very loud. true. Uh, but it was really funny. I, well, man, I got well over a hundred offers. I, again, I'm in a ton of leagues with a bunch of degenerates. Um, it was exhausting to put all those on Twitter. First of all, it was a lot of work. I did. I, I think I completed about 12 trades and I was upset about two of them. And the only one I remember being upset about was I traded away Amari Cooper for George Kittle. Was I wrong to be upset about that? I mean, come on, man. This was two years ago, so it was a little value difference Uh at the time. George Kittle wasn't fully George Kittle yet, and I don't like tight ends. Even if it is a tight end premium league, I still build around wide receivers, so losing Amari Cooper was, like, bad for me. But then it worked, so that's fine. Just like I said, like, there's no such thing as a bad trade, and if there is, just keep trading because you could fix it because I thought that was a bad trade at the time. Twitter didn't, but they hate Amari Cooper, so they they really do. And you won't get any Amari Cooper hate from from me. So that that's uh, I, I would have been probably in the same boat as you. I would have been up, uh, upset about it. Obviously, it worked out for you, but yep. I'm just I've always been the kind of just punt tight end, and you know I I, I don't go crazy. And if I do, it's going to be for Kelsey. Like that <laughs> that's really it. Like I I'm not going crazy for Kittle. I'm not going crazy for Andrews. I'm just going crazy for. For Kelsey and even Kelsey then, I'm probably not going to do it. I, I will concede to those three, but I'm not. Andrews worries me. It, he needs way too much. That whole offense needs way too much efficiency, and it clears me a little bit. Not to say they can't keep doing it, but I don't want to bet on it. Like I don't want my high end asset to be that risky. No, absolutely. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. So, I mean, is that anything that you would uh, you would say you would recommend? Or obviously, you have oh god, no, good no, I do not but... recommend. It was fun as hell. I do not recommend that. That was so <laughs> man, the anxiety that was created by that. Oh, absolutely, go. I mean, if you, again, if it's all in fun, if you don't do it in an expensive league, why the hell not? Um, my recommendation will be tell people you're not going to post every single trade because you're going to get some awful awful offers yeah. and you're gonna have to be like dude remember twitter's supposed to like your side you know the side you're giving me that's why this is gonna get done Tra- right. trash isn't gonna go through um and set short 
time limits on the polls because at first I set them for 24 hours. I'm like, I'm not waiting 24 hours. What the hell? So I just started cutting them at four hours and that was the end of it. And then you could actually set the time limit on Twitter. Uh, yep. But just, man, and if you're going to do it, you got to commit. You can't go back on anything. If, it's your, if a poll wins, then you got to do it. Otherwise, you're just going to be called a jerk a whole lot. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. If you say you're going to do it, you, you just have Gotta to do, do it. it. Um, but yeah, I mean, are there any other, anything else that you can think of? Obviously, like, you know, I, you kind of forgot about that one or, or what are you thinking about it? <laughs> I try uh, to. Is, it, is there, yeah, I, I, you know, like I said, I, I just don't know if I, if I would have it in me to do it. I, I would love to, but I've also seen the way that Twitter votes sometimes. And, yeah, uh, and especially with stuff like Superflex and for the Trade Addicts Leagues are 1.75 tight end premium. So it is a little more than most. So you try and when I do super flex trades, like for those super flexes in all caps. And I put like five asterisks on each side of the right. word, trying to just make sure people see it. Even still, or, they'll vote if they don't know super flex values anyway. And usually that the means they won't premium. vote for the quarterback. Yeah. Or tied in premium. Like people, you know, I, I feel like, you know, just especially on Twitter and I, I'm, you know, I do it too, but you know, I feel like just like you, you look at a poll and you're like, Oh, DJ Moore. Yep, that's yep. easy. And then it's like, which one would you not want to drop? Yeah. Or, you know, like that guy there. Which one oh, wait, would you want to drop? There's a full point per carry. Oops, maybe I would like that running back more. Like, that, yeah. yeah, no, it's it's a little tough to trust Twitter, but that's why again it has to be an all in fun. And I will just end this by saying, just keep talking in those group chats. Keep them active if you want active activity in the league you have to keep their minds active even if you're not talking about football just keep them talking because sooner or later they'll just be like oh man yeah we've been talking about beer and barbecue for a while let's get some trades in here every single time it'll happen not every single time in my leagues it might and but like seriously just keep lines open keep things keep people's minds going about your league and sooner or later it'll come down to wanting to make moves yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously, like, I, I'm pretty sure you're, you're like a big MFL guy. Uh, oh, yeah. But, that's, all, yeah. that's the only dynasty I play is MFL. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the chat on there isn't the greatest. Oh, I, I do not use it at all. Yeah, uh, that, that's not what I would recommend. But obviously, there's places like GroupMe and, that's what and obviously even Twitter and, and, and things like that. Um, Sleeper, you know, I know you're probably not as big of a fan of Sleeper, but they, they have a, a really nice chat feature and DM feature and everything. Well, there, my so. problem is, I like I said before, I'm in front of a computer all day, every day. So yeah. I don't really use my phone for fantasy football. So I, Sleeper doesn't appeal to me. It's not aimed at me which is why like their website has at least I haven't tried it in a while so let me not say Actually, it is it was awful I think they I think they've upgraded it quite a bit because uh, recently because of the podcast and everything, I've actually had to bring it up on my computer where mm-hmm. I was the complete opposite where I was not doing it on the computer but yeah. uh, but now I have done it a few times and I actually really like the like the layout and everything I mean obviously when when people get used to something like you're used to MFL I'm oh, not yes. saying you're gonna you love need it or anything to like get that. used to MFL <laughs> I, right and, and, I will be the do. first to admit that it's 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 a lot but the second you learn it it's like second nature and I freaking love it and, and I, I enjoy it too I you know I love the, the flexibility and everything mm-hmm. like that I just but as far as like the chat features and everything the whole point was just like regardless of what it is if it's you know if it's sleeper if it's twitter if it's group me if it's discord or whatever just get into the chats and, and talk to people because oh, yeah. the best leagues that I'm in we're talking constantly and mm-hmm. like you said I mean, we might be talking about lobster mac and cheese and then 30 seconds later we're talking about a trade Look, there is nothing wrong with lobster mac and cheese or lobster grilled cheese i'm just gonna put it out there i i'm from new jersey that's yeah, close dude. enough it's on a shore not i mean it's technically the same shore but what we call yeah. the shore is different close um enough. that's that's 
Ugh, fucking Jersey Shore. Um, that's not real New Jersey. Anyone listening who's not from around here, that is not New Jersey at all. They're all from Staten Island. That's New York. Um, yep. But yeah, no. Any say okay. I'll even write this back to football. Whatever makes you happy is all that matters. You want to play in an eight-team league? More power to you. You want to put your lobster and mac and cheese? Good for you, man. As long as you're happy, that's what matters. No league shaming. No lobster shaming. That's a great point. Uh, so that was uh, that was a spaceman uh, FF spaceman uh, take with the whole like don't put lobster in mac and cheese and, and then now we have a spaceman question for you, you go. and i'm That's going to read it. it it was it was probably a bad one but it was a transition it worked. <laughs> i uh, i'm going to read it verbatim uh just like you wrote it so hello rust <laughs> i think january to march is one of the best times to gain value for fantasy teams before the market catches up i.e dj moore miles sanders etc I find this clashes with the TA trade addicts philosophy of don't draft or trade based on your lineup until before the season starts. I find the prices to be much higher, closer to the start of the season, and it makes it harder to fill lineup gaps on my squads. Is this something you come across as well? And does it make it harder to follow through with the strategy to not worry about lineups until August? Or am I just spoiled early in the off season and need to get over the higher prices? All right, so sorry, Dave, but you're contradicting yourself right away because the first part of your sentence is to gain value, and then you talk about filling your lineups. Yeah, January through March is great for getting value, and that's what you should be doing. Forget that. January through August is what you should be doing. I mean, like, like I've been saying this entire time, do you. If, that's, if, you, if you think you want to fill your lineups in March or April, it's risky for me. I mean... I traded Damian Williams to a guy a week before he opted out. I know this is a weird off season and all, but you know, imagine saying, yo, I'm going to bolster my running back room with Dalvin cook. Boom. Okay. You're screwed. I mean, and you know, there's been no preseason. So, I mean, if the first few weeks are just going to be filled with torn ACLs, I know it because usually that happens in off season. And with the first off season, like heavy workouts and there hasn't really been those. So like, you could trade for a guy that could easily get hurt. You might as well minimize your window for just getting screwed over by luck. And so much like um, Brandon Cooks getting trades. Like we're in an NFL now where player trades happen. It used to not, but it's a very like, thank you, Chip Kelly. You were an awful coach, but there's one thing you brought to the NFL and that's trading players. So thank you. Um, But like, there's just so much that can happen in six months of after the Super Bowl, where, you, you know, filling your lineup, it's just, it's not going to be the same. I would have felt much better about Stefan Diggs before the trade. And I would have felt much better. Everyone felt much better about Gallup before the draft. Don't get me wrong. Go by Mark Gallup. He's just great. And I love CeeDee Lamb also. But Gallup did a little better than Amari Cooper last year. And while I like Amari Cooper too, I just, I think that, I think everyone's going to get a decent amount. I don't, and you don't have to pay a lot for, for, I said, Mark, Michael Gallup. Um, I was going to say, I don't know if I would I, buy Mark it, Gallup, but you can I, definitely I said buy it out Michael. loud. I'm like, just keep talking, just keep talking. I know it sounds wrong, but just keep going. Uh, and if it didn't come to me, I would have just kept talking until hopefully everyone forgot about it by the time I took a breath. That, that's my goal. <laughs> and then you brought it back up. So it worked out yeah, perfectly. <laughs> when I remember to fix it, I'll tell myself I was wrong, but otherwise it never happened. Uh, like that's really, that's really my biggest issue trading for need before you need anything it's a trap uh you're sometimes like oh man i'm really strong at wide receiver and i need this running back so okay i'll send you know alan robinson for 
nah, I kind of just blanked on a, a guy who would be <laughs> a little bit lower than him, but you're going to send it anyway. Like Devin Singletary. Like, okay, I'll do that. I don't need wide receiver as much. All of a sudden, Devin Singletary is going to be the backup because he keeps fumbling in practice. It's like that trade, well, first of all, would look bad for me in the first place because I freaking love Allen Robinson. How dare yeah. you value him so lowly? Uh, <laughs> but it seems even worse now because of this camp hype. And even if you don't believe it, it still affects the value of that player. So if you later wanted to make that move, it's even harder. Your trade looks even worse, which I don't necessarily recommend looking back on trades because, man, you it, just don't look back. It's, it's not oh, yeah, worth it. Don't do it. Don't <laughs> but do just it. so much can change value-wise. You might as well ride, that, ride those waves and try and keep raising the value. So maybe it doesn't matter if you have to pay a little bit more for Derrick Henry now than you did two months ago because you've accrued that value on your team. And yeah, it's a, okay. So if I would have traded those two quarterbacks for Christian McCaffrey and it's September 6th and I don't have a quarterback, you can bet your bad word that someone is going to try and rake me over the coals for a quarterback quarterback. Like that's absolutely going to happen. And you know what? They should, I would do the exact same thing, but as long as, (laughs) <laughs> that's why that's a real risk doing that. But as long yeah. as you as long as you have a starting lineup, there's no reason whatsoever to overpay anyway. You'll get it eventually. Something will happen where you'll be able to get a guy. And if you have to start Chase Edmonds in your second running back, worse things have happened because man, Kenyon drinks in a boot. So maybe he I mean, I know that's super yep. specific, but like I was saying, anything can happen any any week. So especially with running backs. I I am not a fan of running backs. I'm a I'm T build your team around wide receiver Uh, so like just doing stuff too early there's just too much that can happen and i think i've said the same thing too many times that i should probably just stop talking now (laughs) no it was was a great explanation and actually kind of maybe because i was going to kind of follow up with you know but what if you know what if you're going after certain guys but then at that point it's just you're going to get your guys i mean to me like if you're getting your guys then just go get them in in march go get them in in april like you don't need to wait until august or september or whatever just go get your guys then because i kind of feel like i I mean knowing space man like dj moore and miles sanders are his guys so you know like he's he's using them as examples but it's just like if, if you're that in love with that player then go get them but if it's just some random like you said like if it's like, oh, well, you know, I, I could use a running back, so I'm going to go get Singletary, but I'm not a huge fan of Singletary. Well, all right, let's hold off. You know, yeah. let's wait a little bit because Robinson, like nothing's changing for Robinson unless he gets hurt or anything like that. You know, so, you know, Alan Robinson, of course. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, uh, you know, it, it's just it's just one of those things where, you know, maybe you don't need to do it that second unless the value's there. If it's Singletary in a first, okay. Yeah, sure. Uh, I yes. can do that, you know, because then I can I can replace Robinson or I can, you know, do something to go get somebody like a Tyler Lockett or Robert Woods or anyone, you know, around that that area with that first. And then I'm golden because now I have Singletary and a first. And I'm not a Singletary fan. We were just using that as an example. Yeah, it was just example, yeah, the know? first thing that popped in my head. that <laughs> And it just got really lucky that his value changed recently. And it did. And you were, you know, that was, that was definitely right. I mean, cause people were so hyped and maybe not so hyped, but people no, were like, hyped on him. Okay. It's funny because I spent the entire non-point scoring season yelling at everyone who didn't like Devin Singletary because they brought in Zach Moss. Yep. Like, I don't think people realize Frank Gore had like 250 touches. And that's what Frank, that's what Zach Moss is going to get this rookie year. You give your rookie about 250 rush. Cause that's what he is. Zach Moss is a runner. He's a runner. He's not a catch. He's not a pass catcher. So like he was going to walk in and okay. He's younger and probably, hopefully, more athletic than Frank Gore is, even because uh, <laughs> Frank Gore's my age. Um, 
I might be older than him. That's, oh, God, I'm old. Um, but, like, it's just so weird to realize that you, you liked Singletary last year when he was splitting carries, but now you dislike him because he's going to split carries. I mean, now this whole fumbling thing, which I don't buy at all, like, uh, just, it's, we're starving for news, so we're going to overreact to everything. I think if we had a preseason and we had a real camp and real OTAs, we wouldn't be reacting to this as much. So, yeah, yeah I, but to go back to like the entire thing, and it's really funny that he uses Miles Sanders as, uh, as an example, because in March, he was worth a lot more than he is right now. Like he was a first round ADP in March and he's fallen back to like the middle of the second where he probably should be. And while I know that doesn't necessarily always correlate to trade value, but like, like I said, that's why you ride the waves. I mean, maybe you sold him a few months in February and then once July rolls around and he's fallen that round back, that's when you go buy him back. That's make trades because you could always fix it later. But to me, it make why make it harder on yourself than locking yourself into an idea that will most likely change by the time you get there. Yeah, I did something similar with Miles Sanders last year. Uh, I traded him away, got a quarterback in return in a superflex league, and then I traded for Sanders again, and then I traded him away and I got Nick Chubb and a first and Julio Jones. Uh, I mean, there was other pieces in the I trade, was about to but, say, you know, for it's you, just man. like. <laughs> yeah no no, no. I, I wish i could have gotten all that for sanders but i mean there was other pieces in the trade but it was yeah. just one of those things where you know like it just you have to ride the ebbs and flows of of, of the value and that, that's another great point like yeah sanders was just creeping up creeping up creeping up in value this off season this non-point scoring season sorry and um and then he got hurt which a lot of running backs do, or a lot of players do, you know, and, and then now his, his uh, value is creeping down a little bit. I mean, it's not substantial, but when you're talking about, you know, a couple places, you're, you're moving a couple people above them. It's still a couple people that you could possibly trade for him or, or, you know, or, especially or when it's value. rookies. What is this year to me, the fact that we had these rookies ranked so highly completely just threw a wrench in normal trading. Like normally you, the one one in a super flex league, usually, goes in the third round and now we have probably multiple in the first and second it's just insane like it's definitely made and then add COVID on top of everything like this this has been such a weird year so far that I'm ready to go into next year I'm ready to get the season started definitely oh I think everyone is at this point oh yeah I but I, I think there's there's kind of two points to be had here and it's basically either go get your guy and just don't even worry about the price you know like mm-hmm. just go get your guy or don't have guys you know don't have your guys and just say who's the best value right now like you can probably go get David Montgomery uh, for pretty cheap right now I'm not a big David Montgomery fan but if I can get him cheap and I oh. need a running back I'm going to go get them, you know, like that kind of thing. So, you know, you just have to be flexible and just, you know, look at the, look at the values and as things change, take advantage of that rather than just saying, I have to get Miles Sanders. Cause if you don't want to pay two first and, you know, and a, another running back or whatever, then you're probably not going to get Miles Sanders. You know? Yeah. I, that's, I mean, that's exactly what it all boils down to is knowing you never know when, because things will always change. You never know how they're going to change because, you know, someone stubs his toe in practice, all of a sudden his value crashes. But it's 
making the best decision you can with the information you have in front of you, like process over results is absolutely something you have to drill into your head when you do volume trading. Because doing the right thing at the right time is all you could ask. That's all you could do. Uh, so no, even if you have your guy, try and see if there's a right time to buy him. Like there were right and wrong times to buy DK Metcalf this offseason or even Tyler Lockett. The same thing. Like it was just the opposite time. Like there was this weird time where DK Metcalf was like creeping into third rounds of startups and like an ADP and no one knew why. Nothing changed. Nothing changed. It just, yeah. just sort of happened. In which case you buy Tyler Lockett right away right now because i mean i'm a seahawks fan and i will tell you i don't think there's another wide receiver that's going to catch a ball on that team <laughs> i mean i know they just signed josh gordon but i really think that both those wide receivers are going to end up with 20 plus percent market share of those of the passing target share that's the word uh, i was about to say market share of the targets but then i man so many words when didn't need aka that target share <laughs> yeah right uh so like there's certain times where even if you do want your guy really wait a little bit if you if you think it's a bad time because something could happen and to be fair nothing might happen but the value still might change so yeah. always yeah it's ear to the ground every league is different even if twitter says that one guy is worth something a guy in your league might not be a fan of him when he has him so you know check around but if someone comes back you're like no way man dk mecca crept into that third round of startups there's no way i'm dealing him that cheap all right no that's cool you hold him for now like, there's a few leagues that I can't get. I have my three most owned players are Allen Robinson, Tyler Boyd, and Calvin Ridley. And there are a few leagues where I still don't have them, and it makes me angry. And I know there's, there's going to be a time where I can get them, and I just know that time is not right now. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't quite understand the Boyd hype right now. I feel like I've been hearing Boyd, 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 Boyd the past few weeks. And, like, I don't know. I, I get, you know, everyone's excited about Burrow and, and, and that kind of thing, but AJ Green is back. Uh, they, Boyd is better they, when AJ Green is there. Well, and, and that's Boyd is true. A number, okay, so here's the thing. Um, I will say this with Calvin Ridley and Tyler Boyd. I love them both. That doesn't mean I think they're ever going to be the wide receiver one. That's fine. Not everyone is going to be. Not, anyone, not everyone can be. But both of those players can give you a floor of wide receiver 18-ish, but give you a ceiling of wide receiver eight, six to eight. There's no reason they can't with the amount of receptions they get with how bad the defenses of the teams are. And just, they are the kinds of players that just get targets because that's the position, they're possession receivers. That's what you need. And so, especially if you play PPR, they're the perfect people to have as your wide receiver two and three, because they will give you that safety net to go get someone like Tyreek Hill who may have a game where he gives you eight, but then there's going to be those games where he gives you 38. So like to me, they're the perfect pieces of your team to get more volatile players in other positions. I just, I I have no issue with you, like liking Boyd as a player or anything like that. We'd fight right now if you had an issue. (laughs) We're fighting it. But I I don't know. It it seems like kind of like what you were saying with DK, DK, like DK was creeping up into the third round. Boyd seems to be like creeping up, creeping up, or at the very least, I'm hearing more about Boyd like recently in the past few weeks. And I don't know. Oh, why. there was some puff pieces out of camp because is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah. Like just, Boyd I, caught like two touchdowns in one practice and all of a sudden they have such a connection <laughs> together and it's just like, okay, okay, whatever. Uh, but it's like you said, it's 
not for no reason, but it's kind of for no reason. Nothing really happened. <laughs> right. Yeah. But a lot and of it's still a rookie like quarterback. Is... And we don't have anything to talk about because there's no practice. So we're just writing pieces on players that we like. I say we like I write. I've never written an article in my life. But, but that's – or, you know, I talk about them. Um, so that's really what it is. I think this offseason more than any, it's just – we had nothing better to talk about. So we started talking about the things we like and loud people like Tyler Lockett. So you've just heard a lot. (laughs) Yeah. I I went to write my first article ever uh, uh, like three days ago and I got two lines in and it is still two lines in at this point. So I'm right there with you, buddy. (laughs) See, I I write exactly like I talk, except I'm bad at writing and good at talking. So I just stick to talking. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah that's basically what I, I mean i don't even know if i'm good at talking i just do it uh yeah I don't that's, even know what, that's what matters more right you don't have someone editing your talking you will have someone editing your article though <laughs> that is that is very true so uh do you have obviously like you're in trade x leagues uh are you in all of them or are you just in some mm-hmm. of them you're in all of them okay yep so um i would assume that you have a a, a good amount of a, a plethora of uh trades that you've had this non-point scoring off season or season um so do you have any that like stick out in your mind like the best the worst or anything like that um well again process over results make them a little different but i traded i i found my like i wanted to challenge myself a little bit so i started i I usually never trade for running backs it's just not something i ever really do or high-end running backs i should say but i recent not too recently a few like a month ago i traded for saquon barkley and to me i'm still very happy about this especially again with how it worked out because one of the assets that was traded was Leonard Fournette so oh, wow. and and DeAndre Hopkins who has for some reason again been tanking in value wow so that turned yep. out to be a good trade okay so well he's been holding out Hopkins well I guess he's been injured and I'm no. doing the whole sarcastic air quotes thing now on gotcha. radio but <laughs> he, uh, yeah but um yeah he's he's technically been like or people are assuming or uh, saying that he's been holding out so I I just picked up, I went into the Trade Addicts 8, which is the league I'm talking about, and I did trades in the last 30 days, and I did three of the last five. Um, (laughs) So here, okay, so this is a league. I'm like, you know what? I usually build my team around young wide receivers, and then I go with young quarterbacks and stuff like that. I did this league very differently. My my quarterbacks in here are Jimmy Garoppolo and Matt Ryan. Um, And here's the trades I made. Will Greer... Leonard Fournette and DeAndre Hopkins for Saquon Barkley and a 22 second. Whoa. Now, for, I, I don't understand why it's so hard to trade DeAndre Hopkins. The dude is 28, not old. It is literally yeah. in the prime of his, of his career. I get that he's changing teams, but he's changing teams to a team that wants to run the most plays ever known to man. In which yeah. case, it doesn't matter that they're all quality. And it doesn't matter if it necessarily he gets the if he's the lone guy there like he kind of was in Houston, he's still going to see a lot of targets because let's face it that dude is very good at football so he'll get like you know we were talking about Pierre Howard a bunch tonight, you know targets are earned and he will yep. earn those targets, so yep. I am not worried about that even though I did trade him away here. Um, <laughs> first of all, I had to tra- 
trading for Saquon Barkley in a league that I'm in with Brian Har is like a medal of honor to me just because he wants him in every single league. So if I can get him instead of Brian, it just makes me happy. I was going to say, <laughs> it's more out of spite than anything else, right? <laughs> Again, and it's just something I've never really done before. So it was fun. And Leonard Fournette landing in Tampa, well, getting cut, first of all, and landing in Tampa just killed his value. And Hopkins' values dropped even more now. He's like at the end of a second round in ADP, which is insane. But regardless, yep. I mean, it's not like I knew this when I did it, but I'm happy. I got Saquon. And then I traded Kenny Galladay for Derrick Henry and Devontae Parker about a week and a half later. So, again, I traded for another running back. Though technically this isn't trading up because I, I traded Kenny Galladay, who technically isn't the most valuable player if you look at ADP and stuff like that. But I traded with another guy who likes wide receivers. And this was before the re-signing. So Derrick Henry's value was a little iffy in everyone's heads. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, I'm not a Devontae Parker fan, but I figured why not ask for him anyway? Because I like, I'm in enough leagues where I like having just in case shares. So if a dude, you know, hits, I have at least one where I can be like, ah, I have that guy somewhere. And I don't necessarily believe in Devontae Parker, but if he hits, hey, I got a share now. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. And I think like, as far as value wise, you know, Henry, well, you said it was before the, the, the contract, but like after contract, I feel like Henry and Galladay are at least similar. In, in yeah. I mean, to be fair at this point, man, Henry is at least going earlier in startups, but especially with running backs, they will go earlier in startups than their trade value is worth. So like that would probably be a straight up trade if I got lucky. Right. And, and you he still would got take Parker. Galladay I'm him. not a huge Parker fan either, but you know, but you still, still got him thrown in. Oh, yeah. That, that's, and then, you know, it's always, it's always smart to do that, to try and get someone thrown in mm-hmm. and you know, like, Oh, you know, like I'm going to get Corey Davis thrown in. Like no one gives a crap about him, but Hey, he could become something like he didn't get his fifth year option picked up. He's going to be going somewhere else next year. Most likely God only knows what's going to happen then. And then next year, now he's with the Chiefs, and you're like, oh, look nice. at that. <laughs> I have a feeling we're going to see, like, an injury in Tennessee and Corey Davis gets traded by the deadline. Just I don't doubt him. it. I, I don't I, doubt it at all. I mean, in fact, I would almost, like, I would. I have Davis in, in at least a few leagues. He, oh, I, I drafted him everywhere at 101. It makes me so sad what happened. Well, nothing really <laughs> even happened. It makes me sad that nothing happened. <laughs> Let, let's say that. Yeah. Nothing happened, but a lot happened. You know, like mm-hmm. the, there was there was injuries, there was quarterback changes, there and was, there was uh, a little bit of everything. Yeah, so I I agree. Oh, and completely like throwing off the the rhythm and and all that kind of stuff. I wanted to go back to the whole DeAndre Hopkins thing. I feel like Hopkins. I feel like people overhype the whole like players changing or wide receivers changing teams thing because we don't see great wide receivers changing teams that often, and so. I, I don't know if I've said it on the pod. Maybe I have. I, I don't know. But if I, if I haven't, when there, there haven't been that many great wide receivers that change teams. And when they do, they generally do pretty well. Um, you know, like the, even, even as recently as Brandon Cooks being traded, you know, from every single Seven team times. he's ever been on. You know, like he, I mean, Jarvis Landry did plenty well when he first did there. And, I mean, let's face it. Um, Odell Beckham got over 1,000 yards barely being able to run. So right. that is, I still call that a successful year on a new team. And, and, and the Browns were a dumpster fire last year yeah. because poor coaching and all that kind of stuff. And he still did really well. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's, it's not like, I don't see, I don't think we see the, the fall off that we see with just like your random wide receiver three that gets traded to another team or a guy on like a back of an end of a roster that couldn't make that team's roster. And now they go to another team and we're like, Oh, yep. Look at that. He fell off because he went to another team. No, he's just not that good. DeAndre Hopkins is is a top 
six at the very least. I mean, I guess top 12 at the very least talent. And I don't see that changing in Arizona. And like you said, I mean, they've been averaging like 500, 550 attempts in Houston. And now they're going to be closer to six, 650, something around there, 620, whatever it is. I, I think I have, uh, I think I have Kyler for like 622 attempts, something like 622. You could have said like it was 722 and it wouldn't have surprised me. Like, <laughs> I got to be honest. Like if they, once they get up to the speed that Kingsbury wants to, which might be a little tough with the whole lack of preseason, but still like, I, I think that it's going to, like, remember when Chip Kelly did first come in and started running that like complete no huddle, just straight up to the line. It, like, we were in awe of it. Defense can't keep up with it, you know? <laughs> like, I think Kingsbury wants to go faster. And if they come close yep. to pulling that off, even if they go as fast as uh, Chip Kelly did, I, I just I don't worry at all for the volume that Hopkins will see. I'm right there with you, and I feel like he keeps dropping. It's, it's <laughs> going to be one of those things where, like, I, I don't think I've ever said, go buy DeAndre Hopkins before because say it never it made sense. But, yeah, I'm saying it now. Like it makes a lot of sense because everyone is hating him. He's on a new team. He's not the, he's not the only guy in town. Like all these like narrative streets and I don't care. It's DeAndre Hopkins. It's just DeAndre Hopkins. Him. Yep. And it's the same thing with Julio. Like everyone's like, Oh, Calvin Ridley's going to take over. You know, uh, Russell Gage is going to do this and Hus- you know, Hayden Hurst Julio is going to do that. And it's, it's Julio freaking Jones. It's Julio, for, like, Yes. Just go get Julio. He just got signed, re-signed. He has what three years left on his contract. He has shown no signs of decline, and I know we're supposed to be talking about trades, but now we're like doing oh, like, whatever, players man. and stuff. <laughs> it's all sort I'm going of a rant over funny. here. And we're it's it's to be about talking value. About trades. That's what it is. We're talking about value, so it's kind of about trades. That's true. Well, let me throw in. Saying, let me throw in him. this last one because I know what your your question was really more specific about filling my lineups and stuff like that. So the few that I've well, at least the one that uh, the third trade I did in this league recently, which was last week, I sent a 2022 second for Alshon Jeffrey and a 21 third. Now, I know Alshon's probably starting on the pup, but I got, I can't give up on Alshon Jeffrey. Um, who was I talking? Oh, I was talking to Scott Sidlow on one of my uh, many podcasts. I do the lunch break things now that I'm working from home and I, I can't, I can record during lunch. So I do. And you know, he was asking like what you would trade for players. And he asked me if I would trade a third for Alshon. And I think he was expecting me to say no, because he doesn't stay healthy and all that stuff. But I, I remember him coming into the league, him and Brandon Marshall, and that just being just an amazing du- wide receiver duo. And I've been hooked on Alshon ever since. And for a 22 second and even getting a third back all day, I will send that. Because yep. when he's healthy and Carson Wentz is healthy, they put up points together. And on this team where I just got Derrick Henry and Saquon Barkley and I'm going to be competing, having that depth at wide receiver, especially in a crazy year like this one is going to be, can be the difference on my team. Yeah. And I mean, you can say what you want about Alshon Jeffries' uh, injuries and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, you know, you essentially got him for like, what, a, a two and a half or whatever, you know, like <laughs> a pick two years out and you know, no less. Yeah. So. So, I mean, you, you got him for, I don't want to say nothing, but like n- nothing Pretty uh, close substantial. To yeah, nothing substantial this second. And it's such an ambiguous, ambiguous, I guess. Now I'm the one that doesn't know how to say words. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's such an ambiguous, uh, I don't want to say backfield, but like receiver core. Yeah. And 
we have no idea. I mean, people are excited about Rager. Rager, you know, ha has that shoulder injury. Uh, we had Dr. Porras on uh, a few weeks ago and, you know, he, it's, it's not just him, but like, obviously he even talked about how uh, there's a, a substantial re-injury risk in that shoulder. Yes. When you have that uh, SC joint, AC joint, joint some uh, kind of joint. Don't ask me. His uh, joint. Okay. <laughs> labrum tear, whatever it is. Yeah. Like, I, I don't even remember what it is at this point. I just know it's a shoulder and I know yeah. that he has like a 40 to 45% chance of re-injury this season. So, you know, like that's pretty scary when you're thinking about like, A, you're trusting a rookie in a COVID off season. And now you're talking about, you know, a high re-injury risk. Then you have Jaws, J-Jaw, whatever you want to call him, that, like, uh, no one even knows how to value him at this point. I want like, him to be a thing so bad. I mean, I mean, he's getting hyped, but, yeah. I mean, you know, he was also getting hyped last offseason. Off well, I so. want – well, see, the thing is, like – okay, yeah, we're really – we are derailing at this point. But I can't go – I can't <laughs> let our big white side talk go without talking about it. I mean, just, like, remember when the Broncos drafted Cortland Sutton and Deshaun Hamilton? Um I don't know about you, but I loved, loved those picks. Why? Because they were gonna they were gonna sit behind Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders, the two people that they were right. very well comp to. And it made, it was great. That's why I, I love T. Higgins. I am hashtag team Clemson big wide receiver. I love that T. Higgins is gonna learn from AJ Green for a year or two. I I don't he can score zero points for two years. I'm still gonna mm -hmm. love him. Like, I loved that those two guys got drafted behind guys that they should absolutely sit and learn from. Of course, Manuel Sanders got traded and Demarius Thomas tore his Achilles, so it didn't necessarily work out like that. But I loved that Ortega Whiteside was getting drafted behind Alshon Jeffrey because yep. he was a super raw version of Alshon Jeffrey. Like, it was perfect. So I'm completely fine that Alshon is still there and everything because like you said before with Rager, we shouldn't be depending on our rookies and sometimes not even sophomores to score us that many points. Like you just want to see the improvement. That's, that's all you need to see. And I, it seems like we might see that out of, uh, I stick with Sega because I think it's funny. Um, mm -hmm. And so like, I, I, I want him to be a thing so bad because a, I drafted a whole lot of him and B, well, I just like it when people work at it. it. Just it sucks when people, you know, just sort of fail at their dream to sound like a bit of a jerk about it. But <laughs> like, like I just, it would. I, I want him to work out, especially because I love Carson Wentz. So even if Alshon isn't healthy, to have that big-bodied wide receiver because I love Ertz, but he's not an end zone guy. And while Goddard kind of is, it it helps to have more than one anyway. So to be able to throw to that back shoulder fade to someone that isn't a tight end, I think is very helpful. So I. I Fingers crossed for J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. Yeah, absolutely. And bringing it back to the trades and, <laughs> and everything. I mean, you know, but the, the, the point is, is that I feel like people, people want to just say, oh, this guy was injured. Like, he's, he's completely worthless, that, that kind of thing. And, yes, like Jeffrey, it's very scary. He, he could be on the pup. He could not be on the pup, like that kind of thing. But when you're throwing a third, a, you know, a late second, getting a third back, like that kind of thing, and you're getting a player – yeah, it's a risk, but it's not much of a risk. And, you know, like sometimes it's worth it to do it. And you get guys like you could have gotten Devontae Parker for like a fourth two years ago last mm -hmm. year, you know, whenever it was. And then now he's going for a first or mm -hmm. you know, at the very least in like an early second, something like that or another player. So uh, don't give up on players or don't just I mean, you can give up on them, but don't say they don't have any kind of value because they always have some sort of value. And I guess that's, that's kind of trying to bring it back, like get off the <laughs> tangents and do all that. Oh, we'll screw it up again. Don't worry. Oh, I, I plan on it. Um, so uh, 
in season, when do you generally try to determine if your team is ready to contend uh, for the championship or if you should sell off some veteran pieces and look towards next season? I kind of have like a very distinct week that I, I do, but I wanted to have your opinion on that. And then, by the way, there was absolutely no transition there. So I apologize about that. It was just like, and next question. <laughs> no, you, you, and then question. There, there didn't need to be transition. You were saving us from getting worse off the track. So <laughs> you just shoved us right back on. That's what you had to do. That's, that's good hosting. Don't, don't fool yourself. Uh, so the real answer is every few weeks. Um, before the start of the actual season, you kind of know you know what direction you, you usually know what direction you want your team to go in. Do I want to score points or do I not want to score points? If you don't have your own first, the answer is always you want to score points because there's no point in not scoring if you're not getting the benefit for it, just to put that out there. Uh, so I'll start this like right now. Tomorrow is a holiday. I don't have work. I'm going to be sitting with a laptop on me and offering trades everywhere just because we're about to, you know, the, weirdly enough the season starts next week it still doesn't feel like it i know i think like once tuesday hits and i'm sitting there at work you know at work and i'm sitting there working and i'm gonna be like there's football in two days this is this there's football in two days and then getting so exciting wednesday afternoon i'm gonna get too overexcited i'm gonna set my lineups even though i should wait till thursday to do it anyway but that just means i could waste more time on thursday double checking them um but so like right now i'm gonna make a decision as to whether i want to score a point or i don't and I'm going to try and make a couple of last-second trades to take advantage of people that either want to score points or don't. Like, if you see a team that's rebuilding and they have Sterling Shepard, Golden Tate, um, and maybe not Larry Fitzgerald, but Manny Sanders on their team, and you just be like, yo, you don't want to score points. Let me give you a second for two of those guys. Because I mean, people, no one really has any value to Golden Tate, but that defense is awful. And... Daniel Jones showed that he can pretty throw the ball pretty well enough, I guess, that yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> but like, they will help your team in the long run is what it comes down to. You're going to have – oh, man, I, I did one redraft draft so far, and I just forgot to pay attention to bye weeks. Three of my five wide receivers have the same bye week. <laughs> That's, I mean, clearly it's week nine. I could do plenty of it by the time, but like – if this is dynasty, it's a little harder to pull someone off the wire to play. So having Golden Tate in your or Manny Sanders in your back pocket will feel very good for you. Um, yep. So like, I'm gonna go try and even if I don't know, like, I, I um, Adam Wildy from that's who it is from the Dynasty Owners Manual. Before he asks for a trade he wants to make, he will ask, "What direction are you taking your team in? What do you what are you looking to do?" Because that's how he'll fix a trade up. That's how he'll put it together in his head because he wants to make a trade that makes sense to both teams, which he should always be doing. I'll be honest. I don't always do that. Sometimes if I want a guy, I just throw <laughs> value out there and see what happens. So again, every, no rule is because I don't follow even my own rules all the time. So, <laughs> um, but so tomorrow, like this week is a good time to be setting your team in a direction. Week three will roll around and I'll be like, Oh, I'm three and Oh, and I just checked the, you know, all play and all of those other things on MFL that you can check to make sure that you didn't just get lucky. No, my team's doing really well. Maybe I should be changing this around. Okay, cool. Two weeks later, week five comes. Never mind. I just lost, lost those two games. I'm going to start <laughs> trading that. Like every few weeks, it makes sense to change around because where place could be in a dynasty league is in the middle. 
this year was different because the 106 can get you J.K. Dobbins, who can be a team-changing running oh, back. But, man, remember last year what the 105 was? I mean, yeah, you could have gotten some good players like, man, A.J. Brown at the end of the first, but, like, there was a lot of nonsense in the middle. It's probably so, like David Montgomery or something yeah, like that. <laughs> or J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, who at sometimes went before A.J. Brown did. I mean, yeah. not every year is going to be 2020 with the rookie hopefully every year is not 2020 in a greater sense but not <laughs> yeah, every rookie yeah. draft is going to be 2020 where it's eight nine deep so getting the 105 one, or 107 just kind of sucks for you so you want to be good or you want to be bad so that's why i don't think you need to make a decision at the beginning of the year and stick to it but maybe man if uh, that's why it's really tough but it's why like week three i would never go and trade for saquon barkley because to me, you're, you're pigeonholing yourself a little bit and very well turn around and trade him two weeks later. But the team you're buying him from in week seven doesn't have most likely the rookie picks and all of that stuff that you thought you had two weeks, three weeks ago. And it's going to hurt your rebuild or retooling or whatever way you want to talk about it. So the earlier you are in the season, the smaller moves you make to get you in the direction you want to think. Because if you do have Saquon on your team and the worst, I don't want to say the words out loud, but the worst thing happens and he's out for the season, that derails an entire season. Like that, that losing that kind of guy changes everything. So that's why you don't want to make such big moves and completely just throw your entire team off. But the later you get into the season, you know, to Dave's point uh, earlier, yeah, maybe the prices do go up, but that's more when the prices are worth paying. Right? That's really what it comes down to. So you can make a bad trade, but if you win the title, do you care? Nope. No. <laughs> so I every imagine... few weeks, every few weeks, just re realign how you feel about your team and be honest about it. Because like I said, there's nothing worse than just throwing all in and realizing your team's awful. <laughs> Maybe it's because it's a holiday weekend or, you know, whatever, but I, I'm, I just imagine Brian Hart holding a drink, taking a sip, and then hearing, like, without even listening to the podcast, just hearing you saying Saquon Barkley out for the season. Oh, yes. His, dropping the glass, shattering everywhere. <laughs> I've seen that movie, yeah. No, his, his Saquon senses are definitely tingling right now that we're talking bad about Saquon. I know. I'm going to go to group me and see a DM. Like, you're talking bad about Saquon, aren't you? I can feel it. <laughs> You didn't trade for him or anything, did you? <laughs> I've tried to unload him in TAA just to see what I could get. Like, I did not unload is the wrong word. I've sent many offers to Brian that were just horrendous just to see if he'll do it to get Saquon on his team, and he hasn't done it yet, which is annoying. Just come on. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of surprised. I mean, not like maybe not horrendous value, but I, I would imagine that he would give you some pretty damn good value at this well, point. Well, see, the thing is, the annoying part about Brian is he sticks to his values. Well, he does, he will pay more for Saquon than most people probably will but there's still a limit and i want to push sure. that limit that's the entire point <laughs> of me trading him to brian is to see what i can get out of him that's just being a friend and a co-host oh absolutely 100 <laughs> percent. yes i would not do that to a stranger it is absolutely because i like getting on brian's uh brian brian's bad side even though he doesn't actually have one <laughs> i don't know i've, I've heard him uh, go off on his rants on the on the pod so i, I, I don't know if i'd want to be on that side always the oh, best yeah. parts of our show is brian ranting <laughs> He loses his mind sometimes. It's perfect. It's awesome. And still says like dad gamut instead of cursing. It's, it's wonderful. <laughs> I, I love that guy. 
I don't know. Recently, there's been a a little bit more of the of the cursing. It it used to be dead gamut. Now it's uh, oh man, <laughs> and I totally left one in the last episode by accident. I I I forgot to write it down because usually because we don't we can we can say most things. I don't I don't know why I chose not to say f bombs on the show. I don't know why. I but I it's the way we started, so I've stuck with it. So whenever it happens, I usually write it down. Like I'll write down the time so I know to go edit it out. And he cursed the last time and I was too busy laughing and I forgot to write it down. And the next day and completely forgot about it. I put the episode out and I literally just like, I, I messaged Brian. I'm like, Oh my God, I forgot to take it out. I joked about leaving it in, but I didn't actually mean to. I, I know. I, I totally listened to that one. And what's funny is like, you're like, Oh, now I got to edit. And then I'm listening and listening and listening. And then like, it's like, yep. And you know, and then you didn't edit. Did and the funniest edit. thing is, you were like, I don't even know why I decided to, to edit it out. I'm the same exact way. We've kind of gone back and forth. We've, and we had Peter Howard on. Guess what? There was F-bombs. Like there was, oh, yeah. there was every word under the sun was, 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 you know, was out there. And then we, you know, like Crescent and I have always done a really good job about not doing it. Mm-hmm. But there's no real reason for it. I don't think, I mean, unless, unless you're talking about like just people are listening with their kids in the car and like and stuff like that, obviously that, but I don't know what the right call is. Like, just be okay, yourself or, 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 or clean it up. I don't know. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know why I chose to clean it up because, man, if I – oh, man, my kids know plenty of curses. I have five and a seven-year-old, and let's just say they don't talk like most five and seven-year-olds. Um, <laughs> so I, I curse like a sailor, and my wife is even worse, which – oh, I, I – she tries to stop herself by cursing by cursing more. And it's, it's something out of like a sitcom. It's hilarious. Um, but yeah, but for some, I know, and I don't know why I just chose not to curse on the show. And I, it's, it's hilarious like, that you say that. Cause it, I had the same exact feeling. It was just like, I don't know why this isn't how I normally am. This is how, isn't how I normally talk. I mean, obviously like if I'm like, you know, in a bank or something, I'm not going to be yes. like, Hey, go, you know, whatever, but uh, you know, like just on a podcast, just talking to friends, that kind of thing, which I've, you know, I feel like we're all doing when we're yep. podcasting, like there's no reason to re- truly stop it unless you're just thinking of, of the listeners. Maybe it's like the fantasy footballers. Cause they're, you know, like they're like the Kings of it and they keep it clean. It's like, maybe that's why we feel like we need to keep it clean. But I, as far as like podcasters go, but you know, I, I don't know. It, it's weird. It's just really weird. Maybe I just need, I want, I was looking for Disney to buy me up. That's what it is. Didn't want to curse. So when Disney comes knocking, they don't have any dirt on me. They could just be like, nope, there's a nice clean guy right here. That'll uh, come do a podcast for us. Like, oh yeah, Disney, give me that Disney money. That's fine. <laughs> so now we're off on the cursing tangent. And uh... <laughs> I told you I like to talk. It just sort of happens. Yeah. This is the problem when you have two guys that just want to talk and just like talk about anything and then they just go off on tangents. And next thing you know, you're like, wait, we were doing a trade podcast, so <laughs> I'm sure we talked about trading at some point. It's fine. I think there was some trade, some trade talk. All right, last question. Get you out of here, um, or or we can just talk all night. We can go off on whatever tangents you want to go off. On, we'll see how this last time. question goes. <laughs> <laughs> all right, this one's pretty easy. Uh, are there any particular players? It sounded like there was earlier, but are there any particular players that you're like truly going after right now? Um, either trading away trading for obviously like just i guess you know value wise like is there anyone that you're just like i have to get rid of this guy or i have to go get this guy right now not really um i've said before at some point i remember saying antonio gold antonio gandy golden's name um i went through a buying streak i tried to buy a couple of shares i got one or two um pretty much ended up trading jameson crowder for 
Antonio Gandy Golden and Darnell Mooney, I think his name is. So yeah, why does he for the Bears? Yep. I honestly yep. had never heard of the guy until I traded for him. Um, but it, like I tried to get a couple of shares of him, and it's weird because I got him. It didn't. Usually, I'll say, "Okay, this team is competing. Let me go get this guy. This team is rebuilding. Let me go get this guy." I got Antonio Gandy Golden on both, just because he could be walking into volume because there's no one else besides Terry McLaurin right now. I mean, Logan Thomas is getting his hype and all, but like, there's so true. Gandy Golden's a big dude, and Kelvin Harmon. Well, he just got cut, but you know, he tore his ACL already. But he was so now AGG is the only big guy there, so being the only guy of that body type could lead to targets. So, and which leads to value increase, which is why he's good for both scoring and non-scoring teams. Um, I went hard after DK Metcalf this entire, for the past few months, whether that worked or not is different. I always go after my boys of Ridley Boyd and Robinson. Um, If I had any shares of Antonio Gibson or Clyde Edwards Hilaire, they've been traded by now because their value is just insane. Um, That's a lie. I have actually one team with both of them on it, but it's in a league that's not super active, so it couldn't have done anything, but that's fine. I'll just win. It doesn't matter. Um, it's funny. Like, I don't want Antonio Gibson to become a thing because I'm really tired of people saying the next David Johnson. There's a reason there hasn't uh, been a next David Johnson because so it's not supposed to yeah. happen. Um, yep. Trying to think if there's anyone else I'm really aiming for. Um, I've been downgrading quarterbacks a decent amount to make depth up for the rest of my team. Like I said before, you trade Watson for you know, someone in a piece. Like I've been doing that a lot. Um, get with Ryan Tannehill. I got a few times that we brought up because I mean, them, did they, they signed him, right? They extended him. Yeah. 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 He has a three yeah. year, three year, I think. It, I just like, I knew there was a reason I did it, but I blanked on if that was the reason why. Um, like, cause <laughs> I, no one values him that much, but even if he's not as efficient as he was last year, he has a very safe floor and he can have that ceiling again. And there's so no I've, one behind him. So it's not like anyone's taking his job unless he's just yeah, absolutely terrible. At least for like a year or two, he's safe. Right. So I've I traded down a couple of quarterbacks to get me, you know, Tannehill and one other person because like I think depth is just going to be so important this year. Like I, that, I don't think saying that's groundbreaking in any way, shape or form, but like just to, you know, drive that point home again, it was, if I can get the same points for two years, but get a guy on top, why not? Because, man, like everyone says, think of Dynasty in like a three-year window. I don't think I've ever had a player on one of my teams for three years. Like, (laughs) I I just, I don't think it will ever happen. So why should I think in three-year windows? I mean, I'd be surprised if I think in one-year windows. Like, that's, that's what you, that's at least what I try to do. But, I mean, it's not too often I think past what will he be worth before next season starts. Because... I like trading too much for it to be my team to be that static is really what it comes down to. And I will never in my life say this guy's not for trade because that's just the dumbest thing in the world. Because if, you know, someone says this guy's not for trade. Oh, but I was willing to pay this guy and this guy. Oh shit. I would have done that. You know, you're you're sort of at a loss for that. Always trade for value. Don't, if you don't want to trade a guy, that's a little different, but like, even I've traded Allen Robinson, even though he's my most owned player. You know, I would trade Calvin Ridley if the right trade came around. It would have to be sure. more than most people uh, were willing right. to trade him for. I, I have absolutely admitted that, but I would still be willing to trade him if the right move came. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, the one person that likes him more than me, uh, Derek Brown, Debro, the one league we're in together, he has him. 
so I can't sell them to him. <laughs> I mean, and I can't buy them from him because he actually likes it more than I do, which shit, I shouldn't have said that out loud. I've, I've been refusing to admit that. Um, <laughs> but so uh, I, I forgot C completely tangent again i have no idea where we even started from uh who am i trading for right now who are you trading for trading away like value there's no one there's no one specific yeah uh like oh yeah started with the ceh and uh antonio gibson not like not trying to trade them away but i would have definitely take the value if it was there because i think their value is higher than their production will be um yeah that's that's really like I keep bringing up, you know, it's the Seahawks bias maybe, but Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf, I would buy anywhere because, okay, that's a lie. DK buy anywhere. Lockett only buy on teams that are, I want to win because I don't think his value is ever going to go up. It's just an unfortunate truth. Um, I think he can be the wide receiver 11 this year, which is an absolute reality. And he still won't be the dynasty wide receiver 24. Like he'll still be a wide receiver three in dynasty. It's just, he'll be 28 next, not this season, next season. He's still in everyone's mind, second fiddle to DK Metcalf. So it's just, his value is never going to go up. It's just the unfortunate truth, even though I love that guy. Um, I've been preaching the complete opposite the entire off season. Uh, You know, when, when DK went up to wide receiver 15 in dynasty, I was just go sell DK and get, (laughs) And, and get Tyler Lockett. Like you could literally sell DK for Tyler. I actually, I did a take it or leave it episode on it where it's like, you can sell DK for Tyler Lockett and like a second, a first possibly. I was to say, like, probably you know, first. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah, exactly. And I mean, Tyler Lockett was going as the wide receiver 30 at the time and DK was going as the wide receiver 15. And I mean, that's a huge difference when you're talking about, you know, dynasty wise. Yeah, but and, I got to like be said, honest. Values, I, I'm the there for DK gonna... at wide receiver 15. I got to be honest. Like that's really, that's super solid for me. I think that's where he is. I think that's where his, I think that's, I'll say it. I think that's where his floor is. Like he, he is assuming the Doug Baldwin role of being that guy where like every other passing play, let's face it, that line is terrible. So Wilson's going to be <laughs> scrambling for his life. Where's DK? What part of the field? Okay, I'm just going to throw it to that part of the field. Like, that's the way he was with Baldwin. And I think that's the way he's going to be with DK Metcalf because that's what it was towards the end of the year. And if that becomes a thing, he having that role, not to mention the fact that he's gigantic and insanely fast. So that means he kind of has Lockett's role also. Like, he can't clearly get 300 targets, but I think he can do everything with how insanely efficient every single year Russell Wilson has shown he can be. So... I, I am absolutely all in on DK and wide receiver 15, got to be honest. But I, that doesn't take away from your point. Uh, but that's absolutely right because will the points be that different between Lockett and DK? Probably not. So if you can get a first on top and if you don't care about three years from now when Lockett might be out of the league and DK still balling, then who cares? Get your value now, score your points now, maybe win a championship. That's what it's about sometimes. I think you, you made a great point. You know, I, I don't know if I'd be in like the year by year, like you're saying with, as far as uh, dynasty wise, but I, you know, I used to be in like a three to five year mindset. Oh, and it just why? doesn't work. What, what, yeah. What's going to happen in two years? Who the hell knows? What's going to happen in five? Right. I'm not exactly. going to pretend to know. I, but yeah, I really do like a two to three now. Like that's, that's like my main. No, that's what you should be doing. Like I said, yeah. I don't always do the right thing. And I, I absolutely, <laughs> I absolutely fess up to that. And um, so as far as I'm concerned, Lockett, I mean, I, I would ask you to, you know, I'm pandering to my own show and everything, but I would ask mm-hmm. you to go listen to the uh, DK Metcalf, take it or leave it. And uh, what's I the point of having a second points. show if you can't use it to pimp out the other show? 
That's true, and that's why I started the third show. <laughs> so I can pimp out the third show thir- as well. It, it, the, the third show is just you pimping out the other two. Let me talk about what I talked about on my first yeah. two shows. So you should go listen so, to them. So go listen to them. But yeah, go go listen to DK Metcalf. I, I put out all my points out there. Otherwise, we'll be here for another 15-minute tangent on uh, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. But <laughs> I just, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, 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 don't, I don't love it. I, I don't love uh, I don't love DK at, at wide receiver fifteen. It kind of feels like that might be his ceiling uh, for now. I'm not saying like no, forever, absolutely. But we're talking about like for like two years, three years, whatever. I feel like that might be his ceiling. And so go ahead that. and trade him away at the ceiling price. Get a Tyler Lockett, or if you don't like Lockett, go get somebody else. And then you know get a first on top, get another player on top, whatever it is, and then go buy DK in a year when he's at wide receiver twenty. He's still doing well. He's still doing fine, but he's not wide receiver 15 anymore. Yeah. And well, you know, I could never talk about Brian Hart enough, apparently. Like he always <laughs> says, it's having differences in values isn't something to argue about. It's some it's it's what makes trades happen. You know, it's very hard to trade if everybody values players the same. But if I do like DK at wide receiver 15, because I think he can be wide receiver 10 at the end of the year, and you think 15's a ceiling. That means I can get a good price, what I think to be a good price. And the thing is, yep. you'll think it's a good price too, because I'm willing to pay it. So like yep. that, you know, differences of values is what makes trades happen. That's, that's what, yeah, exactly. Bring, thank, thank God we finally brought it back to brought trades. Back. <laughs> we did it. We did it. And, and that's what makes good value is, is when you actually find, you, you find those people. And that's why I'm always about the value. It's just like, if you, if you find a guy and you feel like he's at his ceiling, trade him. Absolutely. You know, like, whether even if it's cmc even if it's barkley even no, that's if it's what time. you do a guy hits the 101 then it's just like all right there's okay cmc is a different beast like this is just i don't know how a man can handle a hundred percent uh yeah snap share it's just insane and still be fine but like it's almost impossible to repeat running back one seasons like I think Todd Gurley did it. I don't remember if he did or no, came close to it. The last uh, time it happened was um, the early two thousands, uh, right? Like Pierre, not not Pierre Thomas. Jeez, um, <laughs> oh, man, I don't remember that. Yeah, um, yeah, it was definitely not Pierre Thomas. I I don't know why Pierre Thomas just popped in my head. I was thinking. Of, oh, remember uh, him? He was so Chiefs. good for fantasy, though. Priest Holmes. It was a P name. Oh wow, it was Priest yeah. Holmes. Yeah, I, I I thought of a P name, and it was Pierre Thomas that popped into my head because it was definitely not him. <laughs> right, but like if you have you know, CMC, who's the one-on-one and you can trade back. Like if you're a big Miles Sanders guy, you can get a lot on top of Miles Sanders for CMC or hell, if you want to trade back to Zeke or Kamara, you can still get a good player on top. If you think they're going to score the same amount of points, why not trade back and get something on top for fake value is really what it comes down to. That's what dynasty value is. It's all perceived value. It's not real. So might as well take advantage of it where you can. That's actually that, that just reminded me of a trade I saw on Twitter, a trade poll, and uh, it was CMC for Derrick Henry and Josh Jacobs. And the trade poll was like 72% in favor of CMC, of course. Oh, I would smash that so hard, I'd hurt my finger. I, I it, it was, but it was so, but you're getting Derrick Henry, a, a top six running back, you know, at the very least, I would assume. And Josh Jacobs, at the very least, a top 12 running back for CMC, who is going to be amazing. But, I mean, there's always injuries. I, Dr. Porras, which, I mean, I, I'm trying to – my co-host is not here anymore, or, 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 you know, at least for a little bit. But I'm, I'm trying to, like, keep his uh, 
his uh, like his thing going of talking about Dr. Porus every single episode. Yeah. And so, um, you know, he talks about how there's like a 2.7% chance of an NFL game having no injuries or yeah. a player not being injured. And so, I mean, even if you want to say CMC is the best running back of all time, he still has a chance of getting injured because they all do. And so when you're talking about that, then, you know, like, give me Derrick Henry, give me Josh Jacobs all day long. And yet it was 72% on the CMC side. And I just don't get it. I, it to me, it doesn't make any sense. Yep, I'm with you on that one. Yeah. And, and it was, I mean, it wasn't like there was like seven votes or anything like that. It was like 462 votes and you know, the majority, and I'm not saying like Twitter's the end all be all or anything like that. We've already talked about how you know, it's, it's not always the greatest or can't, you know, like people don't always read everything, but just, you see CMC, but it can be that way in a trade. You see CMC see, and it's just like, Oh, I don't care who it is. Just give me, give see, me, give me, give me. Yeah. That's like the realistic trade for CMC as opposed to the trades you see on Twitter where, Oh, well, I mean, I got Michael Thomas and Saquon Barkley for CMC right. and that's what, and I, right. I, and I saw that happen and I will accept nothing less. Yeah. Then you're not going to trade CMC. That's just the way it is. Like there's always a difference between reality and what that one dude got in one league. So he posted it all over Twitter. I heard exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly sorry my wife walked in uh, <laughs> i um yeah i i don't know that you answered all my questions honestly i i feel like there was a lot of a, a good questions there a lot of good answers there i feel also feel like i did a absolutely terrible job of introducing you in the beginning <laughs> I, I i feel like i always do that i just i like to just jump right you just start talking podcast. no i absolutely yeah, I, and so it's like, oh, Dynasty Outhouse is here. And then, oh, so trades, you know, like that kind of thing. Um, it's your so, show. It's not about me. No, go ahead and, and talk about where we can find you. Obviously, I'm a listener. I'm a big fan. Uh, I know where to find you, but uh, let make sure that our listeners know where to find you, what you're doing, the, what, 18 different podcasts that you're on at this point and, and everything <laughs> it's, it's, else. Sounds like four or five these days. Um, <laughs> well, uh, I am at Dynasty Outhouse on Twitter. I am co-host with Brian Haar of the Trade Addicts Pod, which I'd hope you'd gotten by now because I've mentioned him 18,000 times. Uh, we are proudly part of the DLF family of podcasts and the Dynasty Addicts Podcast Network, the DAP Network, if you will. Um, I am also co-host of Dynasty Game Night with John Bosch and Matt Price, which is also on the DLF family of podcasts. Uh, co-host with Kevin Cotillo of the Split Takes Pod which is part of the DFPN network, the best and only network in town. The Dummy Funhouse Podcast. I could see them. I can never remember what their acronym is. So I just love saying the DFPN network. Uh, Dummies Funhouse Podcast Network. Um, let's see what else do I do. I do the uh, lunch, time, lunch Break Without House for the DAP network also. I just started doing that. Just short half hour. It's literally just say, hey, who wants to record and what do you want to talk about? And I just let them talk and just sort of like move the conversation along. Um, I now that Stompy's taking his break, I think I took over co-hosting duties of Dynasty Diagnostic, which I'm not completely <laughs> sure about, even though, I mean, we just did the one that came out yesterday. I think yes. that's all I do. It's sad that I can't remember, but I mean, if you want to, if, even if you don't want to hear my voice, you'll find it somewhere because I don't know. If someone asks me to talk, I talk. That's really what it comes down to. And Basically. I'm always on Twitter saying stupid things, so basically if if you listen to a podcast there's like a 36 percent chance that the that, uh, outhouse will be on there <laughs> either i'm talking or someone's going to mention the trade addicts league that's and i'm going to be honest i've been podcasting for a little over two years i've been dynasty outhouse for a little over three 
and I still get giddy anytime anyone talk, anyone says that name on on, our, on their podcast or talks about Trade Addicts League. Like it, it's it never. I hope it never goes away, and it's it's been this long. So you know, I love it. Hey, the fact that you've been able to fill league after league after league, and now you're uh, you're basically denying people another league, right? No, no. Oh my TA god, nine. no. Oh yes, the season is finally starting, so I can stop fielding Trade Addicts nine questions. It was so hard to fight only do because I did three the first year no four the first year and then three the second and then one this year and it was so hard to only do one and it's just so many people kept asking like the amount of people like it still blows my mind the amount of people that wanted my stupid leagues but it happens and i thank everyone out there for even caring uh but yeah no it's it's all been a blast all of this stuff so you know you probably Listen. have more self-control than I do because uh, you know, oh, especially no. in 2020 with everything else going on, uh, I, told I, myself, I think I probably would have started TA9 at that point. I told myself I was on, the only new league I was taking on this year was going to be Trade Addicts 8, and I think I'm in, I grabbed like five leagues. So I just didn't start. <laughs> that's a lie. I started more, just they weren't Trade Addicts leagues. Uh, oh, man. Oh, now, now you're putting it out into the ether. Now people know. Now no, well, be, it doesn't matter. They're, they're going to hit you up. They're going to hit you up this week late. and be like, all right, we're starting TA9 now. It doesn't matter. You yeah, we'd have, we'd have to do leagues. an actual live draft to get it done in time. <laughs> oh, man, I shouldn't have said that out loud because that sounds interesting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I love it. Well, <laughs> once again, I really appreciate you coming on, uh, giving us your, your uh, trade expertise and everything. Uh, you know, we, we love everything Dynasty, and obviously trades are a huge part of that. So mm-hmm. thank you for coming on. We're big fans of the show, and uh, – you know, we hope we can have you on. We know, uh, you know, you were talking about how you're, you're kind of the, the, the uh, interim co-host or, or whatever mm-hmm. of the uh, what Dynasty Diagnostic. And so, you know, we've had Aton on twice. We were talking earlier how now we have to get you on thrice so we yep. can go ahead and, and you know, take that, uh, <laughs> that crown and everything. So, you know, we'll, we'll be looking to have you back on very soon. Until then, we're cashing out. It is. It is.